Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I am your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, Amanda Demir Silva. Amanda, how are you doing today? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, re- I liked your your book cover. I saw it. Somebody shared it. Um, I can't remember. It was like one of the groups I'm in on Facebook, and I was like, "Oh, that looks really cool." Uh, so then, you know, I looked at it, and then I think your I went to your like page right away. So. I always like when I, I call it going fishing. I like when I can go fishing for somebody to have on the podcast on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok. And it's always nice when we can get people on. So really appreciate you coming today. And I look forward to uh, with the audience, you know, learning more about, you know, the books that you've written and, you know, your writing style and what you think about characterization, world building and things like that. So uh, if you're ready to get started, we'll start right in with that first question there, Amanda. What has your writing journey been like up until this point? Well, uh, mostly for several years, I was just kind of that person who thinks about the books and doesn't actually get to write them. <laughs> that was that was me for a very, very long time. I actually did try writing once or twice, but I never uh, finished any books before Children of Eretia. I had only... Uh, First one was a fantasy book, and I had it published chapter by chapter online, actually. Oh, cool. But I ended up leaving it, and honestly, it wasn't very good now that I look back on it. (laughs) I know that feeling. (laughs) Like, um, when I look back on it, I realized that a lot of the planning I did wasn't uh, as careful as it should have been. Mm. And so it was just, it, it, it wasn't something that I would have done now mm. so so I think it's it ended up being a good thing that I didn't finish it but maybe I'll go back to it sometime and yeah, redo yeah. the whole thing and then um last year no actually two years ago I figured you know I'm gonna join Camp NaNoWriMo and I'm gonna try and actually get this done and then I did it again last year, and just this year I kept writing it and ended up finishing it this time oh, wow. for real. Awesome. <laughs> and and so just actually finally went to from from just thinking about it to finally finishing one book, and then I just had to learn the whole self-publishing thing, mm. like right off the bat because I hadn't actually done any research on that before I finished the book and then I just went and learned the whole thing and released it as (laughs) soon as I was ready for that oh that's awesome well I have to say I've talked to quite a few people and I definitely know that feeling with we always call it the first book blues you know where you you write the first book and you're like oh I can do this and then you know, mine, I'm trying to figure out how to fix it. And it's like, I think I have to go back later where I'm more experienced and fix it. And Kelly McCullough, when I had him on, he said that he did that with my one of my favorite series, his Fallen Blade series. So it's interesting that you say that. I've heard a lot of authors recently say, yeah, that, that first book wasn't great. But then when I learn how to fix it later, that ended up being like my bestseller or that ended up being my, you know, one that I sold the most. So it's interesting when people go back and that's like their third and fourth book that they publish. That's the book that always seems to do really well for them. Uh, so I always think it's a, it's a really interesting story. So I look forward to, you know, the day where you go back to that one and they're like, yeah, cause 
that seems to be the money maker or the one that people, you know, enjoy the most. So it's really interesting. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's like you have the story in mind and you have something good in there, but you don't have yeah. the experience that you need yeah. for that. So you go back there and it ends up much better. Yeah, 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 totally. I have one, like a superhero one where I'm like, oh, I'd love to do it. It's kind of like the boys and it'd be cool if I could do it, but I, I just know I'm not at that level yet. So yeah, definitely, definitely know that feeling. But yeah, I look forward to, you know, when you feel like you're ready for that, I feel like that is going to be the one. I had three friends that did that recently, and that's the one that um, got top 10 for them within their genre on the Amazon store. So it's it's definitely a thing. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so what genres do you currently write in and why? Uh, I write both fantasy and horror. But oh, cool. for horror, it's like I do short stories. Oh, cool. And then for fantasy, I write longer ones. Mm. It's like, I've, I don't know if there's any logic to it. It's just how it feels better to me. Just uh, So like I have uh, written stories for magazines here in Brazil. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. And then those are horror or, or close to it, if not just outright horror. And then for books, I like writing fantasy. What kind of horror do you like writing? Uh, I like things that make people have their own opinion of how it ended. Like I like oh, open-ended cool. horror. Yeah, yeah. So like for this one, for a, fa for a fantasy and horror magazine that I wrote, for example, it's about a mother and she's alone at home and she can hear her son type. And she's like, oh, I got to get him a sandwich. He must be hungry. Mm. And then she goes outside and you realize that there's something very wrong and she can't see anything. And she has uh, she has covered her eyes. And there's a message in the background and she just, you, you can kind of tell something is off. And then you realize that it's not her son anymore. It's something that took her son's body oh, or cool. his form or something. Yeah, yeah, and she ends up joining him because she misses her son so much mm. but it's like it doesn't really tell you exactly what it is that is that thing like is it her oh, son cool. is it just something that took him over is it something that just looks like him um but yeah it's it's mostly kind of an open-ended thing like the ending is clear but not necessarily what happened to lead to mm. there oh that's really cool well, that's interesting. So I just was curious, uh, what drew you to fantasy, but then horror separately? Have you ever thought about combining the two into, you know, like a grimdark kind of fantasy or like horror? Like I know um, I had Richard Lee Byers on, you know, he's mm -hmm. done that quite a bit, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's an interesting uh, mix of genre, but. Yeah, I, I've always liked both things. Like I, I always say that I like horrible things and cute things. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But um, I think it bleeds a little into my fantasy, actually, sometimes, mm. because, like, with Children of Iratia, it's about forbidden magic that mm. seeped into the world. And so uh, whenever they, they run into the consequences of that magic, it's always something pretty horrible. Oh. So I think the horror ends up seeping a little bit yeah, into yeah. the story. 
Oh, that's really cool. But I haven't done like uh, more horror mixed in. Mm. Like it's it's gotcha. on occasion. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. My my like, when I talked to Richard Lee Byers, he like called me on. He's like, you seem to like. So I was talking about a couple of different people's fantasies, you know, where the horror is in there. You know, I'm like, I just I was like, I, I like those elements of horror and I like those elements of fantasy. And I feel like when they do bleed into one another, I think it really, you know, it really adds like a whole different spin onto the fantasy genre, you know. And I don't know. I think they're just really, really interesting books. So yeah, that's that's really cool. Well, that's that's a really interesting, you know, way to put it, Reese. Kind of like it kind of bleeds in there and you know, you can kind of see the consequences. I like that term consequences of the magic. So and I, I think that that's a good way to put it, right? Because I do think magic, if it, you know, was real in our world, would be, you know, have some horror elements to it, you know, like maybe it's uncontrollable or, you know, you're not sure what would happen in X, Y, and Z or in these different situations. So I think the that's a good way to put it. Definitely going to quote you on that one, Consequences of Magic. That's a really good one. I like that. What's well, super cool? I, like I said, I, I like both of those genres. So I, I, somebody I had a horror, I'm trying to get some more horror authors on and they're like, well, it's a fantasy and sci-fi podcast. I'm like, I know, but I'm like, you know, you can learn a lot from horror writers. You know, I feel like there's just so much, you know, suspense and there's so much build up, and, you know, I just, yeah, I, I think. Yeah. It's and I mean, you don't have to be a writer of just one of the two like you, you can be a fantasy author and a horror author you can be sci-fi and horror like yeah, yeah. mix them yeah like alien alien is yeah. both sci-fi and oh, horror and it's great really great <laughs> yeah yeah i just think anytime you have the horror genre or elements mixed in with fantasy or sci-fi i just think it ends up just being so much better like i'm thinking like the thing you know, where that was just such a great, especially the original one, you know, I mean, it's just such a, a great flick, you know, and yeah, it's just, again, I think it adds like a whole new flavor to the genre. I like, I really want to do like a mystery too, you know, like a, like a fantasy mystery series or something like that. Maybe like a fantasy, like a gas lamp fantasy with like a CSI kind of person or something. You know, I think, uh, you know, the mystery, like thriller genre, just in general, whether it's horror or you know, mystery, I think adding those fantastical elements and sci-fi elements, I think you just get a, a really cool blend of story. But yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, look at Alien. <laughs> that's one of the <laughs> best sci-fi movies of all time, in my opinion. But all right. Well, my favorite question is asking people, um, particularly about their their fantasy or sci-fi. Uh, fantasy, just in general, I like reading fantasy more. I think it's because I like writing it more. Uh, so for that third question there, so what is your book, Children of Aretha, about? And how did you come up with this idea? Uh, oh, it's about a girl named Tua. She lives in a village in an island. And she finds out the bad way, the horrible way that forbidden magic is real. Mm. Because she's at a festival and then there's a tragedy there. And she ends up finding out she can talk to, to trees and oh, the trees cool. tell her like, hey, so this thing that happened, that was forbidden magic. It's real. And you have to be careful about it because this is something that could happen again. Mm. And then a few nights later, she realizes that it's bigger than just this one event that happened because she receives a calling from Iratia, which is the world tree. 
And Iratia tells her that she's dying because of the forbidden magic and she needs her help because she can talk to trees so her magic can help her. And so she goes on a, miss on a mission with um, an old friend of hers who she runs into and then they run into a second friend of theirs. The, so it's the three childhood friends and they have to find a way to save Iratia. Well, that's really cool. Would you say that? I like how you, I like how you stated that. Would you say that's more? I was just curious, like your magic system. Would that be more of like, um, like a druid type of magic, or uh, just trees? Or I love tree magic. Um, it's mostly like everyone has magic, and everyone has their own element of magic. Mm. So some people have. Uh, fire magic some people have water magic air magic uh, oh, she cool. has what they call sylvan magic which is the plants and then for each person it uh, it manifests in a different way so for oh, example cool. her two friends they both have fire magic but they do different things mm. like uh, one of them at locus he can do regular fire he can summon fire and then the other friend, Urdara, she can summon fire, but it's only cold fire. Mm. So, like, she can light up things, she can make light, but she can't burn things. Oh, that's Because cool. that's just how her magic works. But uh, each person has their own way of manifesting magic, and so people use them, like, in their daily lives for whichever, whichever way is useful to them. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. I like that because I feel like that adds a whole different element. You know, I feel like you, well, I guess it's kind of a restriction. I like that because, you know, I think just being able just to do everything with one type of element, you know, is just, it's almost too much. So mm -hmm. yeah, I like that. It's a lot like Brandon Sanderson's, you know, where there's like people can push and pull certain things. They can push something or they can pull something or they can maybe be able to push or pull themselves um depending on like a metal on their body or something like that but it's nice because i think you can i just think there's a lot more you can do with that um you know because they have to figure out ways to come up you know ways to solve problems past their limitations so it's interesting there because you have that character like you said you know who you know can do fire but it's more of like the light so to me that that's really interesting as a writer and a reader too you know you you read a lot of people who have fire magic you know or lightning or something like that but to have a good restriction and be able to still you know have them figure out a, you know a, an interesting way to use that power mm -hmm. i think makes it a much better story so yeah that's super cool i like how you have sylvan magic i haven't seen that very often and that's that's a really good one i i don't know i, I think that's so like you know ancient that some people forget about that you know as being you know something that you know has been in mythology yeah, for so I, long I've seen you know it done like in a really fun way in avatar where they did it like it was water magic mm. but you can manipulate the water inside of the plants oh that's that cool. was a really cool way oh that's really neat but, yeah that's a really cool thing that they did like i remember this one episode where they had this um i think it was like in a forest or maybe maybe a swamp, I don't remember exactly, but there was this one character who was just this mass of plants mm. attacked them, and it was a bander, and he could manipulate the water inside the plants. And I thought that was cool. really cool because they didn't have 
the Sylvan element in there. So they did it yeah, yeah. this way. But I personally wanted to do uh, actual Sylvan magic because the whole talking to plants, talking to trees was an important element in her character. So mm. I figure, you know, just I don't care if people don't normally think it's an element, it's going in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it makes sense, though, with how you explained it. You know, it's could be really just an offshoot of, you know, um, oh my gosh, now I'm going to, it was like the Warriors of Virtue. It was like the kangaroo guys, you know, and like one of them, the element that they used was like steel or something, you know, and then the other ones had like the actual four elements, like earth, wind, fire, things like that. So, and I was always like, oh, that's kind of interesting. He wound up being my favorite character, but I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I, I was like, I would just assume steel was part of earth, you know, but mm-hmm. I think that that's a really good one with Sylvan magic. I just, yeah, I think that's, that's so much better than just saying earth magic or another druid or, you know, or something like that. I think it adds a, it's a different flavor, you know? So I think that's a, I think it makes it more unique. So, cause when I saw that in your, in your blurb, I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. I'm like, I haven't heard that very much. You know, I think that, you know, especially with how you said, you know, where, you know, certain people might only have a part of, you know, or be able to use a little bit of that element. I think that makes total sense, you know, sense, you know, in terms of like earth magic. Okay. Well, instead of being like a druid and being able to talk to plants and animals, you know, she's able to talk to trees. I think that was way more unique. So. Yeah. We have like some people can talk to trees, but then some of them can like make plants grow faster Oh, that's or some cool. of them can manipulate like the shape of plants or make them move a certain way. It's oh, just, that's cool. It, it depends on the person. Yeah. And and then so for her, talking to plants is something that people kind of like look at her weird because they think like, how do we know that she really is talking to plants? Because <laughs> we awesome. don't hear the plants. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So they're like, okay, maybe she can talk to plants, but maybe she's just crazy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah. people kind of doubt her. And think she's weird and it's it's this important part of her like coming to terms with like yeah she's proud of that part but people aren't always going to accept her for who she is yeah and she just has to learn that you know you can't please everyone you can't always have people understand you and that's okay <laughs> oh yeah that's awesome i really like how you how you broke that down with how different people you know with the same type of power you know have it in a unique way I like that because I feel like as a writer, you know, there's just, again, there's so much more you can do with that. And, you know, I feel like you're not restricting yourself, you know, for future books or stories or things like that. It's like, you could just, I think there's so many things and interesting ways that you could use that magic system with different characters or different situations. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. You got me thinking now. (laughs) I didn't realize that (laughs) they had done that in, you know, in, in Avatar. That's a really cool use of, that magic system so that's yeah that's really cool that's a great idea that is really really neat i like that a lot i would tell i would totally talk to trees like animals would be cool but i pass these two trees as i come home every day from work work out of town away so it's about 40 45 minutes and particularly in the fall i mean they just you can almost just feel how old they are and i just people like have told me they're like got to be like almost 200 years old and i'm like i just want to like ask them like what have you seen, you know, and like people build the highway around them and it's just these yeah, two Yeah, I think you know? that would be a really cool power to have being yeah. able to talk to them exactly because they, they get so old and yeah, you can yeah, learn yeah. a lot from them, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. So it it would be really cool. Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool. Like my parents, they have one that they came and took one little part down. Um, the county did, and then they were like, "Oh my gosh!" They're like, "We already found like it's so you know such and such years old." And I was like, "Oh, you just know that from the one set of rings from the one spot?" They're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Wow, is it so? How old is it?" They're like, "Well, the house is like 175." So they're like this is like 195. And I'm thinking like, that's almost 200 years old. Like you got to think of how, you know, what that tree saw on the same property is it's got to be, you know, it's got to be really crazy. So yeah, I think that'd be a really cool power to have. You got to wonder what they would say, you know, and like how they would say it. And I always thought the ends were really cool and Lord of the Rings. I've always been obsessed with them. So I think that that would just be a really cool power to have. You should do that for like your website. Like which power would you choose? You know, like that'd be like a really oh, yeah, cool, that like, would be quiz. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be like a really cool quiz. Like I always loved those back in the day. Once I discovered the internet, <laughs> we did that. Like, yeah. We, which element would you have? That would yeah, be cool, yeah, yeah. 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 That'd be really, really cool. Well, that's awesome. Uh, so that fourth one there, what was the most important thing to you when it came to your world building? Uh, I think most of all, I wanted it to be a world where um, I would want to go. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great like, like every time I had anything that I wanted to plan, like some things are more boring than others. Obviously, you can't always plan the fun things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. <laughs> Not everything is going to be fun. That, that's just <laughs> how it is. But whenever I was planning something like, oh, how do they do, for example, um, to transmit messages between places like mm, oh, that's a good one like do they use uh pigeons do they use messengers how how do they do it and so i was like well i want to do something fun i want to do something different and i want something that would be practical because i actually like i i don't like miscommunication tropes <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and i was like communication is important i wanted something that is going to be practical but it's still going to be like a fun, uh, whimsical kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I came up with this creature, which is connected mentally to all others of its kind. Oh, that's and so cool. they have them at the inns and like city halls and stuff. And you can send a message to one and it transmits the message to one, the other one in whichever location. Oh, that's cool. And like, if you don't treat them nicely, they scream the messages. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> But if you're nice to them, then they're very nice. They're like, oh, I have a message. You can write it down. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. What kind of like creature but, is that? That it would like, is it like a parrot? Is it like just. It's it's kind of like a furry parrot mostly. Oh, that's like cool. it, it's not, it's not, um, it doesn't have feathers. It has fur, but it's oh. a little bit of a little like a parrot. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. But uh, And then they just kind of sit at the counters and just chill and then sometimes like oh hey i have a message <laughs> and then they just like blurt it out and you're like oh my god i have to write this down <laughs> and so they have like places where they have several of them and they the whole place is just writing down messages and sending them to the people who oh, need cool. to get them so it's kind of like a post office yeah but it's... yeah <laughs> oh that's really cool that's really interesting now you got me thinking, like, how do people send messages in my fantasy world? <laughs> I haven't thought of that. Yeah, it's That's like, I, I'm always finding myself thinking random things like, like that, you know, or, or like, oh, how do they do taxes in this world? 
Mm, like, that's a good one. Do I do I need this? No, I don't actually need this. I'm not <laughs> going to use them in the story, but I want to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's really neat. But yeah, for the most part, like I wanted it to be something that I would enjoy being in. Yeah. Because I think, especially with fantasy, you want the reader to feel like they want to go in there. They want to be part of that story. And so I figure, you know, like, oh, I don't want to have things like issues like racism, for example. I, mm. I didn't make that a thing. I was like, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a fantasy. It's, ex it's escapism. I don't need yeah. the bad things if I don't want them. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, but it's realistic. Like, it's fantasy. It doesn't have to be. So I made, like, uh, gender equality oh, a, lot, yeah. a lot more developed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. So I was like, no, I have to make it something that I'm going to enjoy writing and people are going to enjoy reading. Yeah. And when I read fantasy, I don't want to read it to remember the actual world issues that we have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's like Robert so, Jordan. Like, yeah, so that was something yeah. that was important to me when, yeah. when I was thinking of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, yeah, like Robert Jordan's famous for that, you know, like, doesn't matter what skin color you are. It matters what country you're from, you know, like, and I think that that's, I don't know. I always really liked that. And I, I never missed it. You know, I'm like, yeah. And I like how, you know, Moraine, I like how he flipped, you know, instead of having the old wise man, he had a, you know, a woman be Gandalf basically instead, you know, and that, that really drew me in personally. I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, and you have this person, the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it's a woman and, you know, these interesting powers. And yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, like I have, I, I like Steven Erickson too, because um, we were reading like book two or three of Malazan Book of the Fallen. And then my friend who's part of the LGBTQ community, he's like, he's like, did you read this one part? He goes, did I read that right? And he just was so subtle about inserting LGBTQ, you know, within his world where it's like, it's so seamless and it just, it just belongs there, you know? And it was interesting. I was like, I, it was one of the best done things, you know, for equality, I think I've ever seen. And some other things, you know, where I'm like, oh, I don't want that in my fantasy world, like gender inequality. He's got a lot of gender inequality. And for mine, like, I, I don't want that. I want people to, you know, I want younger kids in particular to see the girls particular read my books to be like, from a fantasy world, like, oh, cool. Anybody can be the hero you know, like that kind of thing. So I, I like, you know, took that out, <laughs> but I liked how Steven Erickson did it. I was like, wow, that was like really seamless. And, you know, it wasn't like a big show, but it made it feel so natural. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was done really well. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I think the best ones are when it's not like the story is about this. Yep. Like it just, it's an element in the story. It just Yeah. 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 It's like the world. There, yeah. Like, yep. It's not about being, a woman it's not about being gay it's not about being uh black or whatever it's just they're there and they don't need a reason to exist because people just exist yep. yeah, you don't yeah, need yeah to justify your existence yep in real yep. life or at least i hope you never have yeah. to justify it <laughs> yeah yeah and i think so... that's the biggest problem is most people now you know that's what they feel and it's like no we're, we're... that's why i said to one person they got upset with me i'm like 
they're just people i'm like people are just people i'm like just let them be people like you know yeah like i i always see people complaining like when, when people have issues with diversity and things like that they always go like oh it's not realistic you can't have a <laughs> fantasy <who is> both <laughs> Who is both uh, Hispanic and disabled, and I'm like, why aren't Hispanic people never disabled? Like, yeah, people yeah, yeah. exist. Yep. People are a yep. mixture of things. You can't just say like, oh, you can only be one thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. You can either be white and disabled, or you can be Hispanic and disabled. Like, no, people are several things. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. be uh, black and disabled, and gay, and and transgender, and yep. whatever. And like that's just how people are. You can't yeah, yeah, yeah. make them pick one. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I think they're so I used think to. That's the TV. best way to to do it in stories too. Is just people just are. They don't yep. need a reason for that. Yep. Yeah, I, I think you said it really well there. Yeah, I agree. I think people just are, and yeah, it's, yeah. I just I like writing it that way. That's how I see it. And I had a fr you know a friend recently is like, oh, I don't know if people are gonna like this. I'm like, I don't care if they do. I'm like. I'm not looking, they're not my audience then, you know, I'm like, I want people that are like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, it's just people are people. And yeah, I think, I do think it's like, you know, that's like, I think the problem with TV, you know, is that this character is, you know, in a wheelchair, you know, like, or this character, you know, it's just that one thing. And I, I totally agree with you. It's like, no, they're, they're a whole different person than, you know, we give them credit for this person. I think that's like jobs too, you know, like, oh, this person's a teacher. It's like, well, what else do they do though? You know, like, that doesn't make up their whole being, you know? And I met a guy recently that does some of the coolest art I've ever seen. He's like, oh, I'm a delivery driver. I'm like, well, that doesn't really, you know, express who you are, you know, as a person, you know, that's your job, but it's like, you know, like, who are you? And I think that's mm. a, a big way to think of world building, you know, is like, you know, who are the people in your world and, you know, what do they do, you know, beyond the things that they do, you know, like the society things. So, yeah. So that's like, you know, where you have these, you know, creatures that, correspond over great distances I mean that's that's awesome because it's like you know they when you move you know it's like you I always think I would I always want to be able to teleport because I live eight and a half hours from my nephews and I got one here in town but it's like I would love to be able to teleport you know just like right now you know two hours bam I'd be there in a couple minutes you know and then I could sit there for two hours and then be back you know and mm -hmm. I always think about that I'm like oh that'd be really cool you know so it's cool yeah, that, that you did that nice. with messages in a fantasy world that's really neat Mm -hmm. that's awesome and i got me now you got me thinking world building a little bit differently there now i want to know how my people do their taxes <laughs> <laughs> well this one idea and that's kind of the same thing where i'm like oh i'm like would you have in a, in a i was like in my fantasy side i was like would you need like um oh like a csi like a fire investigator and i thought it'd be cool to make them like somebody that could like you said like not fully control fire but have some sort of you know, ability with it to determine and be like a arson investigator, you know, and I just thought it just sounded really cool. I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, it adds a whole different flavor, you know, it's like a thriller, but you know, it adds a whole different flavor in a, in a fantasy setting. And then it made me think like, well, what else does my fantasy world have? You know, do they have a fire brigade? Do they, you know, have fire departments? Are there mages that put out fires? Like, you know, then it just got like way too fun. <laughs> I think that is some of the best world building. So yeah, that's a really good one. Now I got to figure out how they send messages in my world. So uh, for that fifth one there, when it comes to characters and their development, what is your strategy or strategies for making them feel unique or real? I think mostly like 
what we were just talking about where nobody is just one thing yeah yeah and also kind of like i see uh i look at it in this way like what is the role of this character in the story what do i need from them right and so i write around that uh but mostly honestly they kind of form themselves <laughs> mm, yeah, that's a good way to put it yeah they kind of develop themselves and i just maybe guide a little bit like oh no i need to go this direction right now but <laughs> next thing i know it's gone a different direction i'm like okay <laughs> fine that we, we can work around that <laughs> and like for example i had originally the main trio was a different character for the second character oh wow. and then like one day i was thinking i was like you know what actually i think this other character who's a secondary character could be better used as the main mm. character and then she oh, just yeah, kind yeah. of developed more as I started working her as a main character instead. And, and then I was like, okay, what do I need from you? So she had a personality that was uh, a little less pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're gonna need to work on this a little bit because I can't have you be unlikable. But I also don't wanna like change the character entirely so mm. she's still kind of not the easiest person to deal with <laughs> and she's a, she's a little uh manipulative she's she kind of just does her own thing and she doesn't necessarily care mm. about what other people need from her she's like i handle my own issues do you handle your issues uh, like don't don't make me responsible for your happiness i'm responsible <laughs> responsible for my happiness only and people see her and they're like, she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but she's still likable in a way. Like I've I've heard a lot of people saying, like, oh, she's my favorite character. She's she's oh, interesting, cool. she's different. Uh and I think that's kind of how it goes. Like, oh, I, I need you to go a little bit more in this direction, but I'm mm. going to mostly let the character develop itself in a way that is uh how do i put it like organic no oh, yeah, yeah yeah that's a good way to put it because i think that makes for the best characters like just they end up more real to me that way i think yeah yeah oh that's a really good way to put it i had one character tell me she goes yeah i'm not in this book <laughs> like, <laughs> so i took her out put a different character in there and then i was going through with draft two and i was like this character isn't in this book either then the other one came knocking. She goes, actually, I am in this book. My love interest is this guy instead of this guy. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, that's such a great idea. <laughs> I was just like, I'm like, oh, I just I was like that. I was like, why did I not think of that? You know, and I was talking to a buddy of mine. He was like, don't you love that when they just decide their own thing at a certain point? I'm like, I guess I'm like, would have been nice if she decided that right from the get go or I did, you know, and not have to. You know get through two yeah, drafts i, I have this other story which is still in development which has the the main character she kind of does that she's like oh i like this one guy and then no actually never mind i don't like him leave him alone I'm like actually i want this one wait no 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 i want that one now like she settled down for now but i i don't know where it's going by the time i write the actual story who knows yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. gonna go 
Oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, okay, you just do whatever you want. Fine. You, you, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. do your thing. Eventually, we're going to have to settle down somewhere because I'm going to have to write this. And then I can't change it anymore. So you're going to have yeah. to make up your mind. But until then, you just change whatever you want. That's fine. Oh, that's awesome. That's <laughs> really funny. Yeah, I definitely definitely know that feeling. Yeah, I, that's what I said last night when I was writing down notes. And then she was like, I don't really know. I'm like, nope. I was like, you said it. I was like, it sounds good. I was like, I don't even care at this point. I was like, you're just, you guys are together and you're going to do the thing. And I was thinking back to the trilogy and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, that's such a better idea. So yeah, I told her, I was like, sorry. And yeah, she was kind of yelling at me in my head, but I was like, nope. I was I'm like, you already said it. Now. It sounds better. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Like you should have figured it out sooner. So it's funny how your mind works that way, you know, like where you're trying to solve a problem and it like, it literally works out almost like a movie or like a TV show in your head or, you know, there's, there's always some sort of drama with characters, but my friend says, you know, like, you know, he's written like 10 different books at this point, but um, you know, he's like, well, that's when you know, you got a really good character, you know, is when they start to speak to you, you know, in that way. So I was like, well, she could be a little nicer about it, but you know, it's, it is what it is, I guess. But well, they can't all be nice to you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Well, she needs to be a little gritty because she's one of my tougher characters. So especially by like book three, I was just like, oh, man, I, was, I told her, I was like, you're gonna have a really good arc. So I was like, I don't know why you're like, you know, splitting hairs here about this and that. But yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so how many books do you plan in this current setting? Uh, and with these characters? Or have you decided yet? Or have you not decided yet? Uh, so far, the plan is three books. Oh, cool. Uh, I want to do a trilogy. I don't know if I'm going to write like uh, related stories later on. Like, oh, gotcha. uh, these characters get together for a different adventure. Yeah, yeah. Like for this one adventure, it's three books. And then I don't know yet if I'm going to use them again later. Like mm. this one story has been living in my head like like for... I think 17 years since oh, wow. my oldest story. Wow. And it has developed a lot since then. Like it started very different from what it is now and it's changed a lot over the years. But um, so I have a lot of love for these characters. They're very dear to me. But I don't know if I'm going to use them for anything else because it's kind of like once the story is done, you don't necessarily want to keep like milking it for more. Because mm, yeah. sometimes you just kind of end up with something like mm, watered it's down. Not, it's not great. It's watered down yeah. exactly. Like when they do a spin-off series of one specific character in the story, and it's like it's not great. It was great because it was in the context of the whole thing. Yeah. And when yeah, you yeah. take just the one character, it doesn't have the context, so it ends up not being that good. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know yet if I'm gonna do anything with them. If I do, I think I'll do like uh, with the whole cast together again. Oh, gotcha. Instead of just like, oh, it's about this one character because then, like I said, the context is go is gone. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know yet. Uh, so far, it's just three books. Oh, that's cool. I'm a trilogy person myself. I would love to one day to do like, that's just how my, that's how I like to read. And that's also how I like to write. So I would love to do, you know, like a quintet or something at some point, you know, or even a duology. But I think my, I think I just, that's how my brain works, you know, mm -hmm. in trilogies. Yeah. I think it's because of the, you know, the books I enjoy reading have always been trilogies. And 
you know, even if they have like, like you said, like different adventures, there's still a lot of the times my favorites are set in trilogies. So yeah, I would love to do a duology at some point. It's just my brain hasn't worked that way. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. My friend's like, oh, you're just doing two novellas. And then I had this great idea for in between. I was like, no, it's going to be three prequel novellas. And then I'll put it together for like a box set. He's like, that could just be a duology. I'm like, no, I was like, it really can't. You know, I was like, I could explain. He goes, okay, that's fine. He's like, yeah, I get like, you know, 75,000 words. He's like, each one's like basically 20 to, you know, 22, 25,000. Like, he's like, it's just your problem. He's like, you just don't think in a, a duology or, you know, or anything. I, like, I can't imagine, you know, with my current fantasy one, like trying to, you know, split it up into four. I just, I can't, I can't imagine that, but I think it'd be cool if I could, you know, if I did end up doing that, it'd be interesting, but I don't think my brain works that way, but yeah, three threes is better in my writing world, but. Three is a good number though. It's, it's a good number. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen people do two and it's really worked, you know, with the duology I've seen people do four, you know, and I hate when they cut stuff, you know, that you could definitely use and, you know, make a really, you know, like a part one, kind of like a, like the Deathly Howls or whatever, you know, like a part one, a part two, uh, you know, and then you get more of a book. I had a couple that I read like that where I was like, oh, there could have been like a whole, you know, like exploration of X, Y, and Z. So there were a couple I read recently were trilogies where I was like, you know, I really did wish that, you know, they had done four or maybe somebody read a, you know, did, written, wrote a standalone, but I wish they had written, you know, a duology instead. So yeah, mm. definitely. I would love to mix it up at some point, one of these days, but. I think it's a lot about the story because like some stories work better in one way exactly, than yep. other. So yep. it's it's a little about like knowing exactly what it is that you want to tell and yep. respecting that once you've defined that. Like, mm. okay, this story is going to be about this and this and that. And for that, I'm going to need just one book. Yeah. yeah. And then like, I'm not going to do more than one book because I only need one for this. Yeah. Oh, for this one, I need more things. So I'm going to need more books for that. So I, I think it's a lot about the story. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah, it's a perfect way to state it there. Definitely going to quote you on that one too. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> All right. So this is an interesting one. I always get the most interesting answers. They're simple answers, but they're always like very interesting. So for that seventh one, what is one writing tool or strategy that you would want to use in the future? Uh, you know, I, I'm not very good at planning things like in an organized way. I just kind of <laughs> do things very as they come to me. So I think it would be interesting to eventually do it in an actual, like in this specific order way. I, I would like to try that one where people do like, where you write a story in a few lines and then you pick each line and you make it a little longer and then oh, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. longer. Oh, until you have like several pages worth of information yeah, yeah that would be interesting to try eventually maybe yeah. i'll try that for the second book i don't know if it's gonna work i don't know if my <laughs> brain's gonna like that scott odin does <laughs> that that's does, one like, that pages. i would like to try yeah 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 oh that's a that's a really good one i i actually had to consider that since i started asking that question yeah i had scott odin on for a part one and part two in season one and that's what he does like he does like 50 pages of an outline i'm like how do you do that he's like i start that way i'm like oh that's a really good idea yeah he calls it this filler method or something like that so yeah that's that'd be a really good one yeah i'm not good at that i'm more of a discovery writer so i'm hoping at some point yeah i like yeah. i have like eventually uh not eventually i have like 
these events that I want and I want them sort of in this order, what happens <laughs> between them? Okay, we're going to figure this out as we yeah, write. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if we can figure it out, then we're going to take some time off and think about it, but we're not going to like write the whole thing carefully. It's just, <laughs> nah, we're going to do it as we write. It's, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's so interesting <laughs> to hear. Could possibly go wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw an interesting interview with Brandon Sanderson talked about that. And that's like his method. And um, you know, he uses a couple of different ones around that. But I'm just like to hear him, you know, go through and fill that out. And, you know, like the first time and then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I was like, and, you know, his books are so long, and so complex. And I'm like, to have that much thought into your outline, I'm just like, holy moly, like I, I give him a lot of credit for, you know, for being able to do that. But he did write like 13 books before he was published. So I feel like, you know, he, you know, definitely did a good job. You know, he probably had a lot of experience, you know, at that point, you know, and way of Kings was one of them. He had to fix it and do all these things. But yeah, I think after my, that's, what I was talking with Rob J Hayes about, um, you know, female author I had recently, I had a couple, um, Oh, um, uh, feel, feel back. So if you're listening, I think it's Chelsea Harper. Um, but yeah, we were, she was saying that, you know, where, you know, she felt like now she's getting, because I think she wrote like four before her, her current series, uh, her trilogy, sorry. And, you know, she's like, yeah, it was really helpful writing those four because went from being a discovery writer to a planner. And I was like, oh, we can only hope I could get to that point someday. <laughs> I meander a lot and then you know take a lot out. And yeah, so yeah. Yeah, we, we can only good. hope exactly. Like, <laughs> Hopefully I will get there eventually, but yeah, if it doesn't yeah. happen, then at least I know that this is working as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> as long as it's working, right, you'll be totally okay. So yeah, that's yeah, as long as it's efficient. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Uh, for that last one there, uh, do you have any promos, news, updates, or current projects that you'd like to share with us? Uh, well, I have the second book that's being in that is in planning stage right now, which oh, is Hope cool. of Eretia. It's like uh, it's the direct continuation of the first book. Oh, cool! So I don't have an uh, a date yet for it because it's still in planning stage. I'm still hmm. gonna have to write that, but it's in development. And then after that, there's gonna be the third one, but. It's too early to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for people who um, can read in Portuguese, I also have a couple of stories that are coming out, like, um, how do I put this, in, in collections. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. So there's, uh, in my Amazon page, you can see the, uh, the first one. Mm. It's there already. It's a short story. And there's going to be another one for Halloween now. It's going to oh, come out cool. like on Halloween. But I don't have the title for that yet. But I think that's it for now. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to uh, share a name with uh, a few people, um, you know, and other authors that I know that way. So I know that uh, like um, uh, Thiago Abdallah um, uh, is down your way. Uh, and he you know, he, he likes his horror. So I'll have to uh, <laughs> let him know. <laughs> he'll be, he'll be interested in that. So yeah, that's, that's super cool. Uh, like I said, send me any of your links or anything, socials, anywhere where your books are found and we'll get them into your description for the video, the audio, and 
uh, mm-hmm. things like that. We'll ask for that too. We'll, we'll put that up all, you know, in the parking spot on my website too, and get that up. So that way people can, can find those right away and go buy and review them. And that way you can, you know, make your money and keep going. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my friend Christopher G. Brenning just released the second book and his, tri- his trilogy and, or his series. And he's like, oh, thank you so much for all your help. I'm like, no, I'm selfish. I was like, I, I want a third book. I'm like, you know, if people don't buy your second one, I was like, you, he already said, he's like, I don't want to write a third one. And the first one was so good. I was like, it's selfish. I'm like, you think I'm you know, being nice. I'm like, I want to read more of your stuff. I'm like, it's a- helping you for my own reasons. Exactly. I'm like, I have to figure out how you're going to end this amazing story. So, uh, so he's laughing, but yeah. So we just want to remind our audience, especially season two, we've been, you know, really trying to stress, please make sure with any author, but particularly indie authors, you know, if you really like their stuff, please go review it. Um, and it doesn't matter when you review it. If you read Amanda's book tomorrow and, you know, review it. And if you forget, a week later, review it then. <laughs> so that way, you know, everybody can, uh, you know, can see their books. And I've had a couple of friends recently get to a thousand ratings because, you know, people keep, you know, constantly sharing their reviews and stuff. So we're, we're really trying to stress that for season two. I think that's the easiest way besides buying a book and reading it that you can help uh, an indie author in particular. Yeah, it's really helpful. Yeah, yeah. It helps me out too, to see reviews and things. I've been adding a lot on Twitter recently to my, you know, my Goodreads and Amazon page, wish lists and stuff like that. So yeah, it's extremely helpful. Well, Amanda, thank you so much. It was a, a real pleasure to figure out your process, you know, and to hear about your books. I did not know that you were writing horror as well. So um, I'll definitely have you back. I'll be doing some panels um, later on, um, probably in the later fall. Um, so we'll be trying to get three or four authors at one time. Uh, I'm definitely doing a horror one. Uh, so I'll be asking you some questions um, ahead of time and then some during. Uh, so I will definitely put you down uh, for that. I'm going to be sending those out. So if you, it's just kind of first come, first serve, whoever can meet on those days and times. Uh, so I will make sure that I definitely send uh, the fantasy and the horror to you as well. So that's really good to know. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for coming. I'll send you your dates and all the information later on this evening. And, you know, I, I hope we can have you on again, you know, in the future for book two or, you know, anytime you got anything for horror, you want to come on and talk, just let me know and we'll set something up for you, my friend. Great. Thank you again for having me. Yeah. Anytime, anytime. Hope you have a great rest of the evening and I will talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye.